0: Bare naked. Bare naked, bare naked. Bare naked ABC's welcome to the bear naked ABCs where we discuss every bear naked lady song alphabetically from seven to y if you ha- <laughs> I I just I haven't been feeling well tonight so I I did not write an opening for tonight's episode I'm sorry guys I I just woke up this morning and I felt sick. You won't believe. You just won't believe. But I couldn't cancel because tonight we have something to celebrate. That's right. Aaron is here at the same time as Andrew and Justin. Welcome everyone. That's incredible. Yay, it's we incredible. did it just in time to be communicable. We did it. Reddit.
1: it.
2: <laughs> they said it was impossible.
1: Yeah, it's popular here now because our prime minister, who's very hip and trendy, has got it now. <laughs>
0: yes. Oh no! We've all
1: got to do it. Yes, <clears throat> just don't open up your hate and let it flow into me.
3: Voluntary quarantine, yeah, that's <laughs> what that's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> <laughs> so you know there are a lot of people so, out there right now, probably uh, really bored, <laughs> just stuck at home, waiting for something to do, and and we're here to True. entertain you by talking about perfect time. some of the most obscure of Barney Naked Ladies hits. <laughs>
0: It, it is probably the most obscure ba- bare naked ladies hit. Okay. I didn't hear about this until I was starting to put this list together. You know, I, I think it's kind of ironic that in the midst of all the these six symptoms, this is the song that we're covering.
2: Yeah, I think I think Tracy that this is a deep cut. Ooh. That's, that was I'm hilarious. gonna have to put some effects on that. I'll put some yes. effects. Yeah, though. yeah.
0: Make sure it goes nice and high. Deep cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, for people who have no idea what we're talking about, they didn't bother to look at the title for this week's song. We are talking Shame. about the extremely deep cut, having a baby, or parentheses, Stephen Page is having, or unparentheses, is having a baby.
4: I've got a bad headache and I've got the shakes. But nothing seems to soothe this tummy ache. Or could it be so? No, it can't be so.
0: baby this can so uh, the interesting thing is I couldn't find much information about this song because it is such a deep cut it is hard to find anything I did find reference that is possibly a page Duffy song not just a page song okay which I could see that. I could see this definitely be one of the collaborations. Who who is Duffy?
3: Can you explain that to the ignorant amongst us? Ah,
0: Stephen Duffy, the uh, one of the original founders of Duran Duran, Duran, Duran. and Duran. then a multiple song writer with Stephen Page for for multiple songs of Bare Naked Ladies, such as the Old Apartment, Jane, uh, and now, of course, I'm losing out on the other names off the top of my head. Alcohol. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I see some lines so, between this and alcohol, but
3: I mean, yeah. this doesn't really s- scream old apartment to me. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was going to say, you start out with, you have your first kid, you're in your crappy apartment, it leads you to drink because kids are like that. Oh, that makes perfect sense.
2: There's a theme.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a, It's a timeline.
3: <laughs> and they had it with Jane. Yes. They had the, the baby with Jane? <laughs> the, yeah.
1: Or the oh. baby was Jane. No, it wouldn't oh. have been it yeah. wouldn't been Gordon.
3: That explains the web toes. <laughs> yeah, but that's the trouble
0: with Tracy. <laughs> uh... Wow. <laughs> yes, I went there. <laughs> it that, that's an obscure B-side as well, I think, isn't it? That is. Yeah. We, we'll get to that in about 5 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 5 years. Uh speaking of B-sides, this is a double B-side. Oh. So, it is a B side for the Enid UK single. So, in other words, if you weren't in, like if you were in Canada or you were in the United States, you weren't going to hear this song. You had to be in the UK to get this song. And then it's also a B side for Christmas Time, Oh Yeah, which was the, if I'm correct, Ladies' Room volume number three. And then finally, this was a deep dive that I didn't even know existed until I started looking this up for this week. In 2005, for the Ladies Room members only, they released a CD of their concert at the Danforth Music Hall in Toronto on November 29th, 1991, and this song is on there as well. Is
3: that where, like, this is a live, every version of this I've heard is a live recording, so is that the
0: concert where they played this? Did they only play it once? No, actually, the interesting thing is, like, I listened to that this week and I, I compared it, the Danforth Music Hall version is actually much less polished. Hmm. So I could not actually find where this was originally recorded for the one that came out on the the Enid UK single and for the Christmas time "Oh Yeah" version. So it's it's really really odd.
3: Yeah, there is something odd about this song, isn't there?
0: <laughs> to say the least. I think it's cool that this is the B side for the first single they ever released, though. And it never made it anywhere else. It wasn't on any
1: of their garage tapes or anything, was it?
0: No. Okay. This is it. It wasn't wasn't on any of their early demos. Wow. So should should we tell our origin
3: story with this song? Because I-, I think th- maybe correct me if I'm wrong about this, Justin, but I mean we sang this a lot in high school. Th- uh, a lot. Uh, yeah. Oh really? This was uh, <laughs> this was one of the songs that I found when I was just discovering Bare Naked Ladies. And I'm not sure. Did you introduce me to this, or my my impression is I discovered it by accident on LimeWire <laughs> at, at some point when I just searched bare naked ladies. I don't know. How did I, you find this?
1: I'm fairly certain you introduced me to it. This is starting to sound like one of those situations where you're talking to your parents and you're like, "No, no, no, it was his fault." But
3: uh, <laughs> it was no, and, then, and with fault. this
1: song, yeah. that would happen. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to say that I think you discovered <laughs> it. And I remember specifically this I do remember being and the LimeWire connection uh, makes a a lot of big deal because we were in around (laughs) your computer when it happened. Yeah. And we were just kinda of like, what is this? So it
3: probably like took me all night to download and then I woke up before going to school and played this and I was like, oh no, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I get this stuck in my head and I'm uh, gonna go sing it at school. Oh no, this <laughs> is like one of
1: those this is one of those like secret password, like secret handshake kind of songs you yeah. have. It's kinda of like you're walking up to each other, and it's like right on and it's kinda of like ah,
3: but I, I, I'm under the impression. I think we we may have sung this every day for the rest of the year. I, I feel like like we were nice. rarely not singing about having a baby.
1: Yeah, and it was usually <laughs> a call and answer kind of a thing. Not the song, but kind of a, someone would come up the hall and say Stephen Page what? is having a baby, and then like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow, oh yeah, it was a thing. It was
3: a time and a place. It's, it's glor- <laughs> this may be the best song they ever made. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Stephen Page is having a baby. Who said that boys can never give birth? Is it
1: <laughs> not Danny DeVito?
2: <laughs> Obviously, no. Yeah.
1: no,
3: or Arnold.
2: Yes. <laughs> we'll go there, okay. yeah. Okay, I mean, we'll there's going to be
3: a lot of Junior references. We might as well get that out front. Like, yeah. when was the last time any of you watched oh, yeah. Junior?
2: I watched it when it first came out I'm... on video cassette. I'm pretty sure. And then that's the only time I've watched it. <laughs> yep, same.
0: That was, was enough. Say, it's about
1: that time. I'm a yeah. pretty sure we have it as part of an Arnold box set with Kindergarten Cop and Twins. <laughs> you own Junior? Both of those wow. are Almost vastly superior films. I'm pretty sure we do, only because we wanted Kindergarten Cop that badly. Because with all due respect to Twins... It is the superior of the three. Ooh, that's <laughs> oh, that's a tough
3: yeah. one. I don't know. No, oh, no,
2: choose. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, juniors, junior's bottom shelf. Twins is middle shelf. Kindergarten Cop is that's the that's the gray goose right that's, there. That's the single ball <laughs> right there. That's the spicy meatball.
3: I mean, maybe, but Kindergarten Cop doesn't have Danny DeVito yelling into the camera. I'm the crap.
2: It's true But Come Twins on. doesn't have Arnold saying Who is your daddy and what does he do I mean,
3: because he is the daddy He doesn't need to it's know a tuba.
2: <laughs> Which bring, takes on a whole new meaning in this age Of, uh, <laughs> of t- Tinder and all that
0: Me too <laughs> Wow Oh, oh boy <laughs> I wish to officially disavow myself From that was... anything that Tracy
1: says yeah, not all Arnold's
0: <laughs> for this whole
3: podcast
1: for the
0: rest, <laughs> for
3: the rest there of there goes time. my
2: my political ambitions I mean why
3: why don't we take it there for a sec though and say that this song is very progressive in its gender roles and interpretation you know well, uh, well
5: it,
2: yeah. it's interesting I, I guess I'll, I'll wait to maybe until we talk about the lyrics I was gonna actually talk about this unironically uh there, there's it's it's, it's yeah <laughs> okay. all
3: right let, yeah let's let's dive into it unironically okay the,
2: there's some interesting material to mine there.
0: All right. We'll go with the lyrics first. Yes.
2: Okay. Give her. All
0: right. Let's go unironic, and then we'll have fun with it. Right. Oh, yes. A lot of more <laughs> sec version. And then and then we'll go very ironic. Like, oh, that song was great. So what were your thoughts, Aaron?
2: When I when you told me the name of the song, now, I, unlike our guests here, was not previously aware of this song. I, I'm coming into this uh, of anybody with probably the least general knowledge of the B&L catalog, and certainly a lot of the deep cuts uh, were, were lost on me. So, uh, having known some of the, the Ed material to sometimes be quite sentimental in nature... I was expecting a soft acoustic guitar and Ed talking about how his whole life changed when he looked into those little eyes and knew that he was suddenly responsible for a life or whatever, right? Not what we got at all.
3: <laughs> Not so much. But that song exists and is when you dream. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, that's, that is Steve's oh, yeah. Ed song about babies. Okay. Yes. So,
2: oh, I'll, I won't survive to reach no. that song. I'll, I'll be dead well, by by then
1: i <laughs> not listen to it anyway in the middle it's horrible so. by next week yeah.
2: so yeah that, that's what i was expecting and then you know when i when i hear Stephen page and i'm like oh that's a young Stephen page uh tracy i thought this was around the time of i think you should drive so i was a little later than it actually was but that's pretty good i think mm. that's,
5: that's, that's pretty, pretty good
2: because i could, he has that earlier like uh brian wilson kind of quality in his voice and that's yes. Stephen Page, I was like, it's got to be around, you know, either like Gordon or, or I think you should drive her stump. That, that's definitely the first three albums.
0: Now, where would you get the idea that it's from Gordon? Well, well, <laughs> okay, about Gordon. that is my
2: favorite lyric, actually.
4: And if it's a boy, I'll call him Gordon. And if it's
0: a girl, I'll call her Gordon. I just like the name Gordon. I love the pause that he puts in there.
2: Uh,
3: and also like. There's something about Ed's, um, not Ed, uh, Jim's bass. Yeah. Where if it's a certain kind of bass, you're like, that's oh, yes. clearly oh, from the, the Gordon era. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah
2: the upright mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's great. I, I I like this song a lot. the The lyrics, you know, yeah, definitely threw me for a loop. Uh, this song <laughs> is. is uh, rare enough that it was actually even difficult to find lyrics for online. Not difficult, but like, usually you'll you'll Google a BNL l song and it'll be like, you know, 30,000, 50,000 hits, 200,000 hits, whatever. This was like, you know, like 300 or something like that
1: it was it was pretty obscure i was like wow like, and like um, 150 of those were the guys themselves
2: yeah right posting on a blog or something um no uh help for me on the musical side i had to do all that by ear so that was that was a lot of fun because <laughs> there's no there's no chords there's no tab there's nothing i was like okay well let's just bang this out and see what we got uh so that was interesting but no yeah the lyrics i thought were Funny and charming, very, very kind of typical of the early B&L, kind of playful, ridiculous, silly, um, it's what I'm looking for, surrealist or, uh, yeah, kind of absurdist uh, humor. And, uh, yeah, very Kitchy. fun.
1: Kitchy. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs>
0: it's great because they, come, they do what they're really good with with some of their early songs, which is like they come in with this very straight direction at the beginning of the song, and then, like, we're going to give it this huge O. Henry type twist all of a sudden <laughs> and, and head in a direction you did not see coming unless yeah. you've heard this song before.
3: Sharp left
2: turn. And the, song,
0: and the, the song sharp
3: day. left turn is delivered by like a Greek chorus who is doing the chorus in the form of <laughs> the rest of the band.
2: Yeah. Well, I will talk about that during the <laughs> breakdown. Yes. Uh, that Interestingly enough, uh, I, I love stuff that's programmatic. So, like, Having having it go, <laughs> the musical style changes. Not kind of kind of the style, but the key changes yeah. and the feel changes. It goes from major to minor, so it's it's really it, the whole thing is just designed to kind of slap you in the face. <laughs> it's kind of uh, <laughs> it's kind of great.
3: This song really is a smack up the side what of is, the head, isn't it? What a nice one. <laughs> yeah, slap you with a piece of fish.
2: Yeah. Gentle slap.
0: A gentle slap.
2: I love tap. <laughs>
0: Now I think that the only way that this song could have actually happened was by a rump duncan. Aaron Aaron, would you like to take share with people what a rump, a rump duncan is?
2: Rump Duncan? Isn't that an appellation term for vigorous sexual intercourse?
0: Yes. So I think I figured that's the only way that this <laughs> that, that,
3: that this could have happened. Do you mean mechanically how a man could become impregnated? <laughs> a rump duncan. Yes. Okay. A rump a rump duncan is the only way this could
1: that Duncan must have been rumping pretty good. in this case because it went backwards. Is that
3: what Junior was
2: about? <laughs> well, well, isn't it the male seahorse like carries the baby to term? Like the egg is still in the female, and they have intercourse, and then it gets impregnated. But then she like passes the egg to him, and then the male seahorse carries it. I'm pretty sure that's, that's true. true. That's true. And and we don't, so, don't have know. any proof yeah. that uh,
3: Stephen is not a seahorse.
2: It's true. Yeah. I. I. I, I, yeah. I mean, look. I've never seen him and a seahorse in the same room at the same time.
0: Suspicious. (laughs) They're not actually talking about Stephen Page. They're talking about a seahorse named a seahorse named Stephen Stephen Page. Page. Now,
1: seahorse—that's exactly what's going on here.
0: We cracked the code on that this easy. one because I've heard seahorses are closed. named very weirdly, just like just like horses for horse racing. They have very weird names. Do you mean like Rumple Teaser or
2: and Stephen Page coming up on the left,
0: <laughs>
2: like Rump Dunkin?
0: That's right. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm totally lost. Okay, well math. we were about to We've talk about the play. lyrics, right. <laughs> Yeah, why don't um, we have
2: one of our guests chime in, please? Exactly. What, what were your
0: thoughts on, on this song, like around the lyrics? Like like when you for, it first hit you back in high school, Like, what were your first imaginings of this song? My first
1: imaginings <laughs> were the fact that I figured the boys were just like tuning their instruments and this came out kind of a thing. Because <laughs> that's my favorite thing about any good band. is, uh, I mean, for heaven's sake, if you look it up, uh, there are tales about the fact that David Bowie and uh, Freddie Mercury basically made under pressure by accident, basically. Mm. So I I often uh, envision a similar way that the guys were just kind of plinking away at their instruments. And as far as I'm concerned, it was probably based solely around Jim's bass. Like Jim was just (laughs) plinking away and then everybody started playing around. And then Steve just started making crap up. And Mm. I'd love to think that that's true. I know it's probably not. But that's where my my thinking comes from all this. And uh, especially just because of the key change to make it into what it is, I mean, it just makes it fun. But to think why they thought of Stephen Page <laughs> having a baby, the only thing I could figure is that somebody must have said something. like maybe they went out for wings and he just came home and he was like, "Oh, and he was just too yeah. full. And then it's yeah, like, "Hey, a food baby." Yeah, yeah. Stephen Page is going to have a baby. <laughs> so, as lame as that is,
3: I mean, it's a very lyrical could be. phrase, right? Like, like it's it's a hoppy yeah. Stephen Page is having a baby. Like, it really naturally falls into you singing <laughs> that ridiculous sentence
1: over and over but again. Yeah, it's oh yeah, catchy.
3: it's
0: such a bizarre song. I work in an elementary school and it was so hard not to sing this this week as yeah. I'm listening <laughs> to it. And you know, it's like, what I love
3: about it is it's just, I don't know of many other brandy, a lot of brandy good Lady songs tell a story and a lot of them are telling the story of the singer, but this one is so strange in that one, the whole band is like a barbershop quartet behind Steve telling this story. And, and to that, he you know the lyrics are typically very lyrical there there there's a lot of really interesting imagery and wordplay there's some really fascinating ideas about parenthood here about that he doesn't care whether or not this is a boy or a girl and and if he's a man mm-hmm, that had mm-hmm. a baby what do, does that make him a mother or a father and and etc and personhood <laughs> Just call me Steve. Gender roles. Exactly. Like, like, there's a lot of... And of course, biology. Yeah. There's a lot of otherwise very deep ideas handled very ridiculously, but expertly. And it's all upbeat. Like, he never once regrets that he's having a baby. He has no idea why he's having a baby, but he is rolling (laughs) with it, man. He is there. And there's something very winning about how ridiculous but thoughtful and eh, overall a very upbeat this whole ridiculous song is.
1: I was thinking about it just a little <laughs> bit further. You could almost compare this to one of those old nursery rhymes, almost. yeah. Mm. Ring Around the Rosie and London Bridge of Falling Down, though very... Stephen Page is having a baby. Jaunty little tunes that you could dance to at the same time. They have a deeper
5: deeper meaning.
1: And in this case it's the idea that hey, Stephen Page is having a baby. That's <laughs> that's fantastic. the deeper meaning. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the deeper meaning is all the rest of that stuff he's talking about. The chords is just a jaunty little tune.
0: <laughs> I love like it, it, it sounds weird, but one of my favorite things about this song other than that that Gordon verse
5: <laughs> is
0: I and I'm going to say it's Tyler. It could be Stephen, but I really think it's Tyler in the background. Just throwing out these extra little words. Steven pages, having a baby. Yes! Steven Bages having a baby.
3: Right on! And only Tyler could do that.
2: Yeah, he's like the hype man. He's doing the flavour flavour thing. He's the hype man.
0: (laughs) He is so psyched for this situation. He's going to be like the best (laughs) uncle in the world.
2: Yeah, he's going to be like the godfather. He's supporting his bro. My bro's having a baby,
0: you
2: know? His bro's having babies. Hashtag, join the conversation.
0: I thought boys could never give birth. You got wrong, dude. Ah,
2: well, you, that would get you... That, that might get you in trouble, man, these days. Yeah. That, you know, that's the thing. and, that, and So, okay, well, we may as well dive into that. So, very, very sincerely. Yeah. Interestingly enough, obviously this, this whole thing reminds me of the movie Junior with Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> but that film was released in 1994. So, do we think... That the makers of that film were BNL fans and had perhaps heard this tune and were influenced by it because I love that idea.
0: <laughs> I want to know if that's true. Ivan Reitman, yes. come on the show and ex- and tell us if <laughs> that yep. is true, please.
2: New guest, okay. We know you listen. Come on, Ivan.
3: Ivan, write in and tell us if. Is, I just love the idea. There's all these Hollywood, uh, like fat cats, and they're like, "Hey, do you hear this song? Stephen Page is having a bit." But what if? <laughs>
1: That's hmm. Yes. That's,
2: Indeed. <laughs> Not to get entrenched into political or sociological discussion, but this obviously predates the sweeping change in the zeitgeist when it comes to transgender people. The lyric said, "They said boys could never give birth." That has a very different ring to it three decades later. Uh, But, you know, I think that, again, this is presenting it from the perspective of someone we perceive to be a man having a baby. And I don't find uh, BNL to have any kind of uh, hatred in their hearts. So I, I'm pretty sure this would be, if anything, kind of a, a positive uh, kind of expression of that kind of idea.
3: Well, it is very positive. I think even without that, too. Yeah. Yes. Even without that, too. um, You know, he is in favor of this. The, the, the song, you know. If we were going to take mm-hmm. it to yeah. a serious he's end, enthusiastic about like, it. Like, he is the person having the baby. Yeah. He's not, you know, they told me I, I could never give birth, but I'm going to do it anyway, is is the message yeah. of the song. Well, that's kind of yeah. an, an inspiring
2: message in a weird way, too. I mean, obviously, this is just a silly little tune, but, like, I, I think that it's kind of fun that we can we can talk about this from this perspective. I think you're underestimating yeah, like...
3: that this is the best song that they did. Like, this is the <laughs> ultimate song, and it's an important piece of work. <laughs>
0: Well, there are so many amazing pieces. like it's like they took every like interesting thing they wanted to be able to do mm. as BNL and they threw it in here. Like so we have the twist. We have the Tyler throwing or Steven throwing out these random lines. Yeah. We have two bridges. Mm. We have them doing mouth jazz. Yeah, though they were told they were <laughs>
3: never allowed to do that, apparently.
2: Oh, really?
0: (laughs) According to the lyrics, they said
3: Steve could never play jazz. I want to know who these people are who are trying to keep the man down. That's true. All right, Steve, two things. One, you're not allowed to have a baby. Two, you can't play jazz. Here, wear
0: this hair shirt. (laughs) How dare they? (laughs) Maybe that's where the song came from. They're like, oh, wait, that's the serious end of this This, song.
1: This is the household that that guy left in the... uh, <laughs> and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. This was it. Yeah, the Great Provider. He had to get out of there. <laughs> Listen here. And great get- Provider? <laughs> you can't tell me I can't have a baby. <laughs> Is that dad. Yes, I'm going to yes, go have son, a baby. He's like, You can't
0: tell me. <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> oh. So when Ed is asking, who's the Holy Ghost? It's very similar to Steve asking, who's the
0: daddy on this baby?
2: When did The Life of Brian come out? That must have been before this. That must have been...
0: Uh, through 80s. I was thinking of that
2: scene in The Life of Brian where the guy's like, where's the exactly. fetus going to gestate? you got to put it
3: in a box? It was much earlier. So,
2: you know, interesting how times have changed. But I think, you know, this is, uh, if anything,
1: uh, it's yeah. just relevant Even in a pro- new way. Isn't the progressive thinking of the naming. <laughs> Like you know, the child is going to be named Gordon, and, what, and whatever that Gordon, that's yeah, it. Gordon could be. That's right, whatever that child wants. To be.
2: Gender neutral.
1: This song is about <clears throat>
3: shedding gender roles. Yes.
2: Yeah, and I, no, I mean, I, and again, I, I think we're being quasi facetious, but I think there is a little something to that, and that's kind of what's uh, what's interesting about BNL is that. Uh, I, I've often said that you can make a, a political point with a, with a joke or, you know, punctuate a, an important thing with, with humor. You can draw people's attention and you can get people to laugh and then think. And I think that's a really good way. Because otherwise, if you're just trying to smash them over the head with ideology or just trying to, like, uh, come at something from a very, you know, kind of a forceful uh, perspective. If you, if you make someone laugh, you have their attention and you might have their sure. reflection.
3: And we're also, like, there's a great breadth of political force behind the song, too, because not only is it very progressive in terms of its gender roles mm. and par- parental roles and uh, subversive in that, but it's also extremely capitalist because he's immediately <laughs> attempting to sell this and asking how much would it be worth if he was
0: to have a baby and could make money off of his story.
2: P.T. Barnum has a spot for him, definitely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the bearded
2: steve wearing his hair shirt
0: can we can we jump jump to the bridges? well yeah you want to break
3: you want to break it down better than jumping off him
0: well before we do that like
3: <laughs> like even getting
0: to just the like the background harmonies and singing in the second verse mm. like i love the beach boys ask type reactions that they're doing in the background with the greek chorus of like uh he says now here comes the big morality quiz, and he and the guys go big morality quiz. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cause I don't know just who who's the father the is. Who's, who's the daddy? And then so you get these Beach Boy harmonies in the background that they they kind of bring in again, and I'll I'll put their version in instead of my horrible singing <laughs> there. Um, but. Um, i just love like they're like having a lot of fun with this even in these different change-ups yeah the one thing that this song didn't do that they tend to do is the bridge is usually they're like okay now we're going to take this in a different direction and explore it in a different way and that's not what this bridge is this bridge just kind of continues the same thing that they've been doing throughout the whole song yeah yeah
2: because they do that immediately with the first chorus. They sucker punch you right there. And then from from then on, it's just kind of how far off the cliff can we drive? If...
3: I I think that prevents them from getting too deep. Like, you, you know, I, mm. I think it's appropriate yeah. for us as critics to uh, use the power of exegesis to apply this song to a serious Ooh. topic like gender roles uh in yes. a way that it was never designed to do. But of course, even within course. the song, he's like okay, let's get deep for a second. If I was to have a baby, what are the mechanics of this? Mm. Who would be the father? And then immediately he's like, no, I don't care. This is a stupid song. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't mind. All I want is my baby. It's very... he, he stops himself before he actually gets into anything meatier about very this bizarre impregnation.
0: And I wonder when they were writing it, if they started to go that direction, they're like, no, no, we can't do that. Let, let's just, we got to do something more fun with this.
3: Yeah.
2: Very possible.
0: And then I want the other thing I want to bring up before we get to the the music piece of it is I love how they finish this song with that round. Mm. Like, let's have these. So you have Steven, you have Ed saying Steven Page is having a baby, which is the chorus. Then you have Steven coming in in the background saying that boys can never give. And then you have Andy and Jim singing even slower and I, and I don't know if it's in a discordant harmony Aaron you're gonna have to tell me yeah they say that boys don't give birth but very slowly and and harmoniously and and then they all in that last line come together Page is having, a
3: is having a baby
4: Stephen Page is having a baby.
3: It's an intense end for such a light song. It's a really intense, bittersweet end to this. Yeah. Yeah. This is, of all their songs, this is the one that I've always wished I could see them perform live to see how they're interpreting this. Because you really kind of picture the rest of the band in, like, candy striper outfits and straw hats, (laughs) like, dancing behind Steve the whole time. I would love that. That would
1: be amazing. (laughs) And it goes back to, again, not to compare the mona lisa that was uh under pressure to this yeah. to this bazooka joint uh but it is the <laughs> it's yeah, legitimate comparison but it is the idea that like they really were similarly to how uh a lot of the tonal sides of uh freddie mercury going up and down the scales in the background while david bowie's just being david bowie in the middle of the song because that's what he does uh and then all these wonderful things that musically is happening in that song The boys are going all out in this. This isn't just like, not to compare it to some of their other like little songs that they just played for fun. They're putting some work in here. Like everything is coming together. But like again, and this is why I think if it was going to fit on any album, it definitely would fit on Gordon. Because Gordon Mm. had a lot of those, as much as Gordon had a lot of playful songs, it also had some really weird songs like Crazy Like You or, well, Crazy um and uh, the flag and stuff like that songs that were deeper and a bit heavier to try and put together and this is one of this is one of their goofball songs that has like well for lack of a better word that has layers like it has just all these other things going on oh yeah while at the same time completely framed around a ridiculous premise
3: And a a lot of that depth is coming from the musical choices, you know, like, like it, the way it ends and the way that morality quiz bridge goes indicates that there's something deeper going on, even though the lyrics are absurd. And if I could compare it to another masterpiece, the Mona Lisa, um, (laughs) here we have a song, you know, the Mona Lisa is often said to have been a self-portrait of Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, transgendering himself into a female and that's uh, often what's thought to be behind her smile so in a sense the mona lisa is kind of a deeper self-portrait that's being hidden behind a smirk and so really i think that it would be very difficult to argue that this song is not the musical equivalent of the mona lisa
0: think about it that's right. And I feel bad that it was never polished up. It was never put onto anything officially, like in a studio type version.
2: That's my biggest uh, disappointment, is that, it, you know, there's the, especially the one that you sent. I had only heard the one that was at the live show in like 91, mm-hmm. I want to say, um, until you sent me that one, Tracy, where it was um, the B side to Christmas Time. Oh, yeah. That was a better recording, but I still would have loved to, especially with all the harmonies and everything. Have have heard like a, just like a, a an immaculately mixed studio version of this tune. I, I would, you know, that's like uh, if uh, if we ever get the impossible and, and Steve reunites with the band, I would love to have them do that.
1: In a similar way, I think the reason I think if they did polish it up, like a lot of things, if you. It's like when they remake a film that was fine. Like I okay, this is going to be a weird tangent. There was The Evil Dead <laughs> and then there's Evil Dead 2, all right? Evil Dead was right. fine. Evil Dead was a project of the heart. It was a college project. It was a lot of fun. It was nitty it was gritty, it was messy. It was done on a budget of like 10 bucks in an afternoon, you know, that sort of a thing. It wasn't, but you know what I mean? That film, however, was done as a pet project then they made the second one it is totally different though exactly the same and polished polished don't get me wrong and proper and it is a film and they did all those wonderful things it loses all the nuance it loses all the fun all of the i personally think don't get me wrong evil dead 2 is great wait a
3: second are you saying evil dead 2 is a less fun film
1: i think
2: yeah i i well i think evil dead 2 is the superior film between the two I'm, what
1: I'm saying is, is that the it is a superior film, but it would lose. What's the word I'm looking for? the the home the homemadeness of it. I mean, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, that no, it's this is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I hope everybody's picking up what I'm laying down.
2: <laughs> this is an interesting. It's an interesting example to run with because that that whole series was really weird, where you had like. The first one was horror with weird bits of comedy, and the second one, the pendulum swung over a little bit more to horror, and then, of course, with evil, with Army of Darkness, it went all the way <laughs> over to comedy completely, right. so <laughs> it's, a, it's a really interesting series in general to kind of, to kind of talk yeah, about. And but I, I, I mean, think what
1: I'm trying to say here is that this might have been their pet song, like the song that they love to go back to revisit yeah. and enjoy singing and enjoy doing because of its uniqueness and its theme and everything else, but to put it into the polish of a studio recording, I think would remove some of that specialness from lack of a better word.
3: I I think I get what you're saying. Like there's something about this song has the bizarre tone. It does because I don't think they cared too much Yeah, and not in a bad way. It was just like, yeah, it was a bit we did and they just tossed it off. And because there was no pressure of trying to make, the song they were able to create this really bizarre tapestry mm. of like depth of music and lightness of uh tone and complex theme yeah. and 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 just kind of throw it off like whatever man Stephen Page having... even the title is ridiculous yeah layers layers <laughs> yeah
2: I, I yeah. will disagree only because I really really want to hear like i'm I'm an audio <laughs> snob, so I really would love to hear this in like really great mm. clarity. And my final argument, I submit to the court. imagine you're listening to an album and this yeah. is a secret song after like a minute or two of silence after oh. the last <laughs> last track. I think gorgeous. that would be wonderful. But then,
0: <laughs> that would have been an amazing yeah. way to finish Gordon like having having their little, right. little bits and then instead of coming back with with that mm-hmm. fodder coming back with this yeah would have been amazing
3: can we also talk about the fact that there are two Uh songs about gordon that aren't on gordon there's the ballad of gordon Mm -hmm. and there's this song (laughs) that directly referenced gordon gordon page the baby that's about to be born
0: and and neither are on gordon yeah.
5: Uh-oh.
3: I know that
0: Steven when I asked him like why ballad of gordon wasn't on gordon he said that it was a political type thing that it it was considered but it like there were some decisions that were made on how, which songs would stay and which songs were go and that was one that was just decided that would have to go. Right. Um
2: Justin I just I just noticed that you're wearing uh, the Thank cheat you. hoodie. That is amazing. <laughs> no, he changed while you were gone. He wasn't wearing that before. Oh well, I think the camera was yeah. higher up, and I couldn't quite make it out. So that's that's fantastic. Big big
1: Homestar Runner fan here. It all came out around the same time. It's all good. <laughs> Can we? I, I think we're the
0: up. The other thing that I wanted to bring up about the about the song, though, doing it live versus doing it in a studio. One of the things I like that they do in the studio that I love this live version, but I would love to see them do a studio version of this is they like to add in all this kind of stuff in the background that flushes it out a little bit more musically. And this is very simple musically in terms of like the instruments that are in it. I could see them really kind of, especially Andy really like throwing stuff in there to really make it even full.
2: Yeah. I'd like to hear a Baroque version (laughs) with like a glockenspiel and And just everything else, you know.
0: A nice Gregorian
3: choir singing this? Yeah, yeah. Brother Eustace (laughs) is having a baby. (laughs)
0: Baby. Did you hear that, Andy? We want you to make this version.
1: (laughs) In a similar way, I mean, I can't say much with this whole comparison of live to studio album anyway, because some of my favorite songs are done live. Every time I hear Hello City live, I'm happy. Like, I'll just use that as my favorite example. Yeah. It, I don't think it sounds better necessarily than the studio version from, from the original but every time I hear it live I'm happy <laughs> I don't know how else to work there's something energy yeah. wise that's different there's a sincerity that comes with it it's, it's their storytelling yeah. at it's best
0: speaking of music why don't we get over to the music and discuss that for a couple minutes I'm going to let Aaron break yes. it down and we can go <laughs> into that
1: alright let's
2: break it down
0: break down
2: Break down, break down Aaron's gonna talk about core structure and time So having a baby, I guess it really depends on which recording you're listening to There's no definitive recording necessarily So the one that I was mostly focused on was recorded at approximately 157 beats per minute Uh, The tempo changes a little bit throughout Um, It's in the key of A major for the verse (laughs) Which we'll get into in a moment So you have A, which is the tonic, to C-sharp minor, which is the minor third, up to F-sharp minor, which is the sixth, Uh, and then you have kind of a passing tone across the seventh degree, which would be G-sharp diminished, but mostly it's just like one, three, six. Um, The chorus is quite interesting because it switches to D minor. It lands on the D minor chord from the F-sharp minor. Now, the D minor chord is diatonic to A major. But we're no longer in A major because the D minor chord then moves to a C major, which is the subtonic flat seventh of the D minor scale. It is not something you would normally run into uh, or at all, really, <laughs> in A major. So uh, it definitely, you know, it the, this 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 little jaunty, little happy little tune just kind of bouncing around. Then all of a sudden you have Stephen Page is having a baby and it's it's minor all of a sudden. So it's uh, it was very well orchestrated to kind of have the have the uh, the musical change be occurring at the same time where the, lyri- the lyrics were kind of letting you in on <laughs> what was going on. Um, the chorus pretty much goes back and forth between D minor to C major until the end of the chorus. The turnaround chord here is E diminished as the second degree of a natural minor scale is diminished. And this is perfect because the E can resolve quite nicely back to the A because it'd be a perfect fourth, uh, or the E would be the, uh, the fifth of A. So it makes for a very nice transition back into the major, much happier sounding verse. Uh, the bridge is actually in A major as well, uh, with a much more common chord progression of two five one. So you have B minor to E major, or dominant, if you will back to the tonic A major or one. The f- The structure of the song is intro, verse one, which is your A, chorus, B, verse two, A, chorus, B. I'm going to call it mouth jazz <laughs> solo, which is both, it goes over both the A and B changes. Then you get your bridge, which is uh, your C, uh, which is your two, five, one. And then you go back to uh, verse three for A, chorus, B, and then the outro is just kind of vamping on the B changes over and over again before it just kind of... Becomes this a cappella uh, choral kind of like uh, round that's occurring. So uh, I would guess it would be A, B, A, B, A, B, C, A, B, B, period, 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 or <laughs> ellipsis, or like <laughs> I guess that would be the more or less the overall structure of the song. Uh, very interesting song. Um,
1: I, swear, I swear to, to God, me, this you is just classic- said C, A, B, B. I'm sorry, what?
2: C, A, B, B. Ooh, interesting. Sorry. Maybe that's uh, yeah. No, they're, maybe they're C-A-B-B, B C a baby. Maybe there's a, uh, I, I, The thing is, I would not put it past them because they have definitely done things like that before, where they have done things with the the form of the song being palindromic or like they've done very playful things with the chord choices and things. That, they're definitely uh, music nerds, so that that would not at as all surprise to, me if that was as intentional. opposed to dorks like uh, me, to me. You know, this is
1: just not stuff. Like that. <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: Excuse me, I'm a nerd, not a dork. Yes. (laughs) Um, What happened with
0: but this to me? What happened with that last note for birth? Like the last note in in the chorus, it seems to go very. It's discordant. It's it's kind of interesting because it's beautiful, but at the same time, like this different chord. Um, I didn't take a note for it off the top of my head. It's probably
2: from a diminished chord, which makes it. It's probably like a flat fifth or something, which can sound. Quite discordant. It's not. I wouldn't call it dissonant uh, necessarily. Maybe I guess. I guess some people would naturally call that a dissonant um, interval. But it's still diatonic to the the, core, the key that the song's in at the time. So it's still part of the scale. But um, if you ever heard of people, they play they play the blues. They'll be like, "Oh, that's a blue note" or something like that. Like that's one that's like one of those really you kind of lay on it. and It sounds a little like out there or a little extreme. They they got a little <laughs> jazzy with it. Definitely <laughs> the jazz notes. That's that's what we used to joke. I went to school for jazz, and uh, at UMA, when when someone was playing a solo and they would have this like squeaky note or like kind of go outside the key accidentally, <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh, I do that on purpose. That's a jazz note." You know, so that's <laughs> but sometimes, you know, really good composers do. You step out, you know, you break the rules. You learn the rules so you can break them. Uh, But yeah, to me, this is classic old school B&L as I know them, uh, which I know is not as well as you guys, but the song form and the subtle peculiarity of the music at times, the playfulness, absurdist humor, uh, just the sense of the band having fun. I have Mm. to admit, I cracked a smile several times while listening to this song. Obviously, I'm Mr. Brooding, (laughs) and I love serious, dark, introspective music. But you know what? I am also capable of enjoying a fun, silly song, and I I did like it. Uh, I like to put a Did you
0: catch the did, did you catch the Andy's tinkling of the ivories jazzly in the background mm. during that mm-hmm. bridge? Yes. I, I yes. love what Andy's doing I, I,
2: there.
4: Yeah, the whole thing.
2: I guess that's another reason why I'm just disappointed that there's not a better recording out there. Even if it wasn't necessarily a studio recording, but just like if they had closer mics and more mics, and they had time to mix and master it and stuff like that, and in, in more of a, a just in more of a clear a clear way, get some more clarity to it. Like I would have loved to have to have really kind of been able to uh, enjoy the the little peculiarities like that a little more. And, just have him pop a little more see
3: this is why i'm glad you guys started this podcast instead of me and justin because i would never have been (laughs) able to have provided that (laughs) level of insight into this so that's why i'm glad when aaron's joining
5: us
2: (laughs) that's the reason i'm very glad that i that i have a a fiance (laughs) (laughs) found found someone who can listen to me say that stuff and still be like yeah okay fine let's go see a movie You're being geeky again. I love it, but you're being geeky again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, most people, their eyes glaze over, and they're just like, "Okay." <laughs> <sure."> <laughs> I love it. It's, it's very interesting to me, like to, especially with a band like VNL, and that's that's something that. Um, you know, before Tracy asked me to do this, I was aware mostly of their really, really popular hits. You know, like One Week and things like that. And You'll look to Justin. be fair, there's some really, there's some good stuff there. There's some good, yeah, yeah. Justice <laughs> making a face for uh, now. Justin, but, uh, no you, know, you know, I mean, there's there's some good material there. <laughs> but, um, but, but, but uh, you know, it wasn't a, you know Tracy showed me Brian Wilson, and that really kind of changed Brian my view Wilson of the has band. that effect on a lot of people. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then when I, you know, alcohol and conventioners and all these other great ones. So like I, you know, we're still only what H, so we're not even halfway right. through yet. And I, I definitely am looking forward to the other gems I'm going to discover. So yeah, I I had no idea that they were such kind of music nerds as well, and and like to like do kind of they were you know they're very playful and they're very uh, experimental at times, and um, it's appreciated, and it's it's given me an appreciation for their. Uh, for their talent yep, and for their eclectic the kind of range. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm uh, I have dual citizenship. You know, I'm I'm Canadian citizen too. So I'm so.
0: outnumbered, is what you're saying. I'm with you. Sorry.
2: Yeah. Eh? Yeah, hoser.
0: Now, I, one of the things that's really cool about this song is it usually the lyrics or the music is far beyond the other. The, the other one kind of supports. But one of, like, the lyrics are much better and the music <laughs> supports it. Or, or the music is there and the, the lyrics kind of will fill in and support. But And then once in a while, there's definitely a much bigger winner and the other one's not doing so well. But that's really rare. This is one of those songs, I think, that the music and the lyrics are right there together. Yeah. Like, we have all this great musical, interesting stuff going on. And then we have, like, the lyrics, which are really interesting and and. They just combine, you know, combine for this amazing song.
2: Yeah, I mean, on the other side of the spectrum, you have something like the flag. I would say the same thing about, but obviously it's a very different song. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's 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 programmatic. Like I said, I think that the music is very fitting for the the subject material and the lyrics, and they go together really well. Um, the the feeling is conveyed through, you know, you could listen. <laughs> I'll put it this way: if I heard the song without the lyrics and just heard the changes between this kind of hoppy little fun, uh, upbeat major verse. And then we go into that kind of weird kind of, uh, questioning kind of, uh, uh mysterious chorus in minor and then back and forth. Then you got this kind of silly little mouth jazz solo or whatever, <laughs> mouth kazoo. And then you got the bridge. I would be at a loss. I'd be like, what? But then <laughs> as soon as you hear the lyrics,
1: it all makes sense,
2: yeah. right? It all just clicks. You're like, this is perfect. Like it's, it, They really do go hand in hand. I agree.
1: To, uh, to frame it in a, uh, I guess, a current reference, uh, if for those who have ever heard or seen the film Frozen 2 right now, it's the Olaf song. If you don't know what's going on, you don't know what the heck is (laughs) happening, but he's being tantalized by things in this mystical forest. But as he's singing a jaunty little song about things going well when he gets older, but every now (laughs) and again, there's like a shriek of something that sounds like it's out of Psycho. And the only reason you would know what's going on is if you could visually see it. (laughs) So in a very similar way, I agree 100%. And I got to stick Olaf in this podcast, so you're welcome. (laughs) 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 my kids will (laughs) like
0: that (laughs) nice (laughs) now I have an interesting little tidbit to add into this song a little interesting fact this song it doesn't tell us how many times it was played um, but Setlist FM basically told us the first time this song was ever played was September 10th in 1991 and then the last time according to them that this was ever played was actually at that recording that we have from 2005 that they did in 1991 at the Danforth Music Hall. So they played it for about three months and then that's it. That's the last time they ever played this song ever oh, again. Shit. Wow. Crime. Including that like
2: what a, what a shame. They had that man.
0: huge tour where they they recorded every single concert along the way and then they went for each, to each song on that tour, they did one of their old deep hits like Roadrunner and stuff. This wasn't in there. They left it. And it's so weird. It's such a great song, you guys. I
1: don't know. Could it be oh. because... Uh, and Just because it's so... Again, I keep using the word layered, but could it be that it was just too hard to play again? And I'm being sincere when I say that. I mean, the guys are talented, but trying to remember as... As we were just discussing now a few seconds ago, just how complexly messy yeah. this song is, for lack of a better word, how it just goes all <laughs> over the place. Maybe I mean it's a lot easier to fly in, fly into some of the old tunes, but this guy might have been just a complex enough that they just kind of said, "Yeah, we'd like to pull out one of our old ones, but you know what? No,
0: not this one." <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, my when my band was play, gigging regularly in Portland, Maine and the surrounding area, we had a song we played which it was so like, you know, we all went to jazz school. So, you know, we were young, impressionable, you know, jazz students who were playing in a in a kind of a hard rock band. And um so we wrote this very pretentious song that was changing time <laughs> signatures all the time and you know, we thought we were rush <laughs> or something uh, or tool. And um and, you know, there was I I distinctly remember one gig where we totally, it was a train wreck. We totally lost the plot because we were doing all these changes and stuff. And, you know, we were really good. We were trained. But, like, we were, like, it basically we had a point where it was every measure was changing the time signature for, like, in the, in the bridge or whatever. And uh, we we totally, totally lost it. We were all everywhere. We were all scattered to the winds. And then, you know, we just kind of looked at each other. We were, like, lined it up and we all got back on. When we ended the song, the audience erupted into cheers. Nobody had any idea that we even messed anything up because it was just so all over, you know, it was so complex and bizarre. Anyway, so after that, we we're like, "Yeah, we might not want to play that one for a while." Let's, let's it was like too much effort for not enough. For like what we, you know, like let's just replace that with like,
4: yeah, let's let's
2: replace <laughs> that with like a nice four four straight up rock song, shall we? But. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, it's very possible that they're just like, yeah, let's shelve it. And then, yeah. you know, never, unfortunately, never got kind of more exposure. But it is something that I think deserves to be heard. It's definitely definitely an oddity and definitely a kind of a, a little unpolished gem.
1: And then on the flip side of that, there's also the fact that live in concert, uh, especially around the stunt era, they were getting into a lot of uh, live improv. They were loving that, like speaking preaching to mm. the choir and Maroon. Actually, it was Maroon time when they were doing it, when we they were here um, visiting us, because obviously we had them in our house. Um, but, you know, just, it could also <laughs> be the idea <clears throat> on top of that, maybe it would have been a touchy subject, just throwing yeah. it out there, like the idea maybe? that somebody might have been a bit, you know, they would have heard this and they are like, wait, I know it's a jokey song, but not to use the common parlance of Triggered. <laughs> But maybe it would have upset some people if they had heard this song. And I'm being now I'm not right. being facetious in this respect now. I'm actually yeah. thinking maybe no, they looked at the goofy right. song. They're yeah. like, This is a great song. It's hard to play and somebody might get pissed. Let's not do it.
5: <laughs>
2: yeah, I think the yeah. potential for Maybe Yeah. Go ahead.
3: I, I think you might have hit on some something with the improv there too, Justin, because like this song almost sounds like it was an improv song. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they, they kind of rift it and they're like, oh, that's funny. Let's keep going. But they can re improv something as funny whenever they want, really. And, and and it's it's got the fun of being like kind of in the moment and improv So why go to a rehearsed song when you could have something a little more vital and in the moment? I don't know.
0: Yeah. You mean like
3: if I had a million dollars? Well, if I had a million <laughs> dollars is a, is a stable song, but it's, it's not exactly like uh, uh an improvised joke right it's not a whose line is it anyway right. sketch whereas this kind of is so mm-hmm. uh, i wonder right. if they were just like like that part of our act is already being fulfilled by you know give us a letter and an animal and a country in africa two guys would do a scheme two guys with beards right. in, the, in the audience
0: <laughs> well i don't have much more to say about this you guys have any things that we haven't covered i do uh did you know gordon page would be
3: 29 now oh i did <laughs> i did not know that gordon page is completing their masters so uh i, I think that these are,
1: are you know <laughs> i'd like
3: <to. laughs> you know boy do i feel
1: old <laughs> i'd like to think <laughs> i'd like to think gordon somewhere page is finishing, you know, finishing his masters Sorry? instead of you know yeah or, or her masters That's why. instead of going out Indefinite pronouns. instead of their, yeah instead of going out on the road and trying to copy their dad and mom
2: <laughs> well yeah, what I will say is you know uh potentially potentially there are infinite universes where anything that can happen does happen so it brings my heart joy to know that somewhere there is a universe <laughs> where Gordon Page is uh, right now getting engaged to Frances Bean Cobain.
0: <laughs> wow! <laughs> and on that note,
2: I know she, she's twenty seven. By the way, to make you feel old. <laughs> wow!
0: <laughs> so did... <laughs> there's,
2: yeah, there's a yeah. lot going on in. I, that I sentence, feel like man. Benjamin
1: Button right now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> Minds blown. Did BNL ever play Nirvana? The or music. A they must have covered it at some point.
1: Joke, no, no. Ooh. Jokes aside, I honest love to, to God, that. you know, hand hand to chest. Yeah. I think they they've been in the same uh, festivals before, way back when. I swear, I swear, there was a festival somewhere where I think Nirvana and BNL huh. played at the same time. Don't quote me, don't at me, or whatever people say now, because <laughs> I'm feeling old. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they if were- something...
3: Unless you can prove it, they were playing on the other side of the muddy banks yeah. of the Wishka. Yeah,
1: <laughs> the guys are over there. It's kind of like, oh, I, uh, but no, I.
3: Hey, Nirvana, you're on the wrong side of the river.
1: <laughs> but we have all the horses. <laughs> um, I'm going to Google this while we continue talking.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to bring us to ratings. So, of course, we don't know who the father is or if he's going to be the daddy. So this week's rating is how many fathers are we giving this song? Let's see. Aaron, I'm going to go to you first. How many fathers do you give this song?
2: (laughs) Well, we might as well get me out of the way since based on on our guest's enthusiastic praise of the song, I have a feeling that even though I think this is a pretty high score, I'm going to be the quote unquote hater in this episode. <laughs> uh so I gave, you know, I was it, it was it's it's very difficult because as I said, I it, as an audio snob, as someone who went to school for audio engineering and who mixes and masters audio for uh well, did for a living for a while and does it as a side uh. hustle now. Um I I am very critical uh, of uh, audio quality and like I like for my recordings to be high quality. So Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if that has, has flavored this in a little bit, but having said that i really enjoyed the song. Obviously it made me, it made me smile. I had fun listening to it. I appreciated some of the interesting oddities in, in the songwriting. Um, and I was thinking, you know, should I give it a four? It seems like it's in that kind of range. It's, it's definitely good. I wouldn't put it up there with their, with their best work, but I think it's, it's pretty, it's pretty up there, you know, um, and then I looked at what I gave fours to, and I gave Gangster Girl a four. Now, the thing is, this could be uh, 10 months from now. Tracy and I could be talking on, on New Year's, and uh, I could be giving new scores, higher scores to both of these songs. But I can't quite put it on the same level as oh. Gangster Girl. I gave Celebrity a 3.9. I like this just a little bit better. I'm going to give... I'm gonna give having a baby three point nine five wow. fathers. Uh and again, you know, if uh if we were ever to get our, our hands on a high quality studio recording of this, you know, I'm not sure if that would sway my cold black heart or not. But I, I do I did enjoy it quite a bit, and so I do 3. think it's a
0: good one. With
1: circumcision. <laughs> You're giving twenty three and me a run for its money there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm gonna to have to start getting into the the you know the thousands places after a while if i got to do this incrementally we we got a lot of yeah material we, to we got a
0: lot of songs still up to go we're not even halfway there yet but <laughs> all right which of you two would like to go next
3: you want to go
1: yeah all right um
0: <laughs>
1: no let's take it outside come on um no i'm i'll go next um I think I'm trying not to let nostalgia or even just uh, high school taint my uh, Mm. vision of this too much. But I do have a really soft spot for this tune just because of the fact of, yeah, correlation with me and Andrew. But at the same time, it's just an adorable song. (laughs) I mean, I get a similar vibe from this song. Similar. Similar. I want that to be very clear to how I feel about some of the other live stuff that I've heard before. (laughs) When you hear the live album, it's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. albums out there because it is both greatest hits and live, so what's not to like? So throwing this in there with those, um, it gives me a real affinity for it, I think, more than it deserves, is a nice way to put it. I'm going to give it a three and three quarters dads 3.75 wow. maybe and you know what no i'll be kind 3.8 and uh the reason is because yeah i'm wow. not doing this point five, that extra 0. 0.5 stuff there buddy um <laughs> quarters yeah well he's got a lot more songs yeah. to re- to, to rate so. but no i'll give it 3.8 only because of the fact that it's one that i think i like more because of nostalgia and kiss and all that other unironic stuff we talked about i suppose but it's definitely one that I think is just one of those mm-hmm. songs you hear that you, like like whenever you hear something by The Cure, you just sing along because, oh, I know this song. <laughs> and you love it. And you're just driving mm. around and you just love it. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to give it a 3.8 dads. 3.8 dads.
5: Yeah.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> isn't
1: that the new
2: sitcom with Charlie Sheen? <laughs>
3: Ooh. Okay, uh, I'm I'm going to, so you know, doing some so I I'm going to completely allow myself to be tainted by nostalgia in high school, and all that <laughs> stuff. But you know, uh, when when I think about rate, ranking all of these songs, like I think with without hesitation, I would just say, well, Brian Wilson is a five, and then you know everything else or whatever. But the question that that makes me ask is, does a a genre uh, of music or of theater or of t- tv or movies automatically trump something like if something has a sad ending like empire strikes back is that what makes it better is because a song like brian wilson is not a upbeat song does that automatically is that why i say that it's better or is it because there's something about that song that's inherently good i think that song is inherently good but so i am not going to allow the fact that this song is silly uh, like can a silly song be a great song? I think so, and so I'm going to give this song a 4.8. Whoa. This song is way up wow. there for me. <laughs> wow! <laughs> On the Bare Naked wow. Ladies canon, so there. <laughs> Stephen Page had a baby, and I ate that baby. <laughs> it was I swallowed it whole. You put it in your belly. <laughs> it was great. Are
0: you, yeah. Are you I, a dingo? I'm the dingo.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: All right.
5: All right, <laughs> I am the dingo. <laughs>
2: nice. So Tracy, how about um, you, sir? Uh,
0: well, I thought I was going to have the highest score, but but no. definitely <laughs> you, you beat me up there, Andrew. <laughs> All right, I've been I've been wrestling with this one this week. I I have been wondering whether or not I should put it up there with Brian Wilson and and some of the al- others like alcohol. Um, it, it's been hard for me. The, there's no nostalgia here for me. This I picked up just two years ago, just as we started the podcast. Um, and I've been waiting on this one. Like, Oh, I can't wait to get to this one. This is going to be so much fun. Cause I just found this. It's catchy. It's, it's definitely bouncy with a kick pun intended. It's funny, irreverent, Amazing harmonies. Um, I love the shouting out, which is early BNL, like in the middle of the song. But this time, the shouting out makes mm-hmm. a lot more sense than what we have in King of Bedside Manor. Like this one, it really fits in. Oh. Um, we got the jazzy bridge. We got the round ending. I love rounds, especially like when BNL does them and does them really well. Um, it's it's a perfect ending to the song. I have to give this a 4.75. It's not quite Brian Wilson, but man, it's up there. Yes!
2: Wow. Wow. And so with
0: all the numbers well, counted like... in together, that brings it to a 4.33. <laughs>
2: Battle lines are, are, in... are drawn so I here. I feel like a
1: total dude. And dude over here. Dude. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I love the song. I love the song. I just, I just don't. I just, I can't. Yeah, I can't compare it to to alcohol and uh, and Brian Wilson. But I, I get it. Like I get it. It's a very good song. It's a charming song, and um, I think it has a lot of merit. So yeah, that's uh, that's great. And without
0: rearranging our whole spreadsheet at this point, I would have to say that puts it somewhere. sin wise, um, I editing. would say that it definitely puts it in the top twenty-five. Awesome. Based on that number. It deserves so, it. Yeah, it's, it, it really came out of nowhere and surprised me when I saw And I, I really felt like it was a loss that was never on a formal album. And it's a loss that everybody isn't <laughs> listening
3: to it all the time right now.
2: <laughs> well, now that everyone has COVID-19 and they're stuck in their house without any toilet paper and all they can do is listen to us, maybe they will listen to it now.
0: It's on YouTube, folks. Go find it right now. Oh, yeah. And you can go out for a lot of money and buy the Danforth Music Hall version and, and buy that CD. <laughs> They're actually, it's a it's a very rare Did version. you buy a lot of toilet paper? <laughs> Do you have disposable income? <laughs>
2: you make a hell of a pitch, Tracy.
0: <laughs> Speaking of a hell of a pitch we fi- and a loss, we finally got something that we've been waiting years for. And I want to talk about it in this week's appearance. I've been holding off to make this announcement because in the liner notes for the Danforth Hall CD that I that I finally picked up and got, it says that the tradition of throwing craft dinner actually started at that concert. Oh, so connecting it to having a baby, we have this week's appearance, which is the brand new craft dinner commercial with Stephen Page in it, and I would love for us to discuss this commercial. Okay. <laughs> What are people's thoughts on on this? Like, it's it's a 30-second commercial, but really what we're looking at is 15 seconds of Stephen Page really kind of selling Kraft Dinner with all these wonderful puns of him wearing the, the fake fur coat, him sitting on a Chesterfield. No, Ottoman, what is wrong with you, Kraft Dinner? You got that wrong. And then, of course, them giving away the Dijon, Dijon ketchup. Uh you know
3: like it, it's cool I I love the ad and stuff like that but I've got to say you know I I've really tried hard to embrace the the post Steve Fantastic 4 era of the BNL uh and uh, and and you know I I still love all those guys as well and so there's something about this ad that's just kind of sad to me because it should mm. be Steve and Ed in there man not just Steve that's weird and so like yes. you know, he all love to him doing it. He he is as much a part of the song and deserves to be able to do this. But a post BNL Steve in a craft Dinner Million Dollars kind of commercial, it just kind of
0: feels sad to me.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> I can see that. I mean, it would have been perfect to have yeah. the band or at least Steve and Ed in there doing it. Yeah, like and th-
3: especially if this oh was God. like. 15 years ago or something like that and even now if the whole band was in it
1: but i don't know
3: that's how i feel but it's still objectively it's just a cool ad on its own but i agree 100 percent with
1: the whole the fact this happened is hilarious like the whole like of course this had to happen at some point and now we are reaching once again another example of who is the audience who who are the people because i can guarantee you My kids saw this commercial on both YouTube and television. As a matter of fact, they saw the extended version on television where it's like four different people making KD in stupid ways, like somebody making it in a coffee pot and stuff. And uh, one of them asked out of nowhere and just said, Dad, who's the guy in the fur coat? (laughs) And I sighed and I looked at my poor son and I said, boy, (laughs) and I told him about the bare naked Ladies, I was like, oh yeah, and he, my children know who they are, but uh, at the same time, I explained, and I reminded him of the song, If I Had a Million Dollars, he was like, oh yeah, and so he was fine with that, then he understood it entirely, and that made me sadder again, (laughs) right when that happened, because as much as I sat there, just like the rest of you, and picked out every (laughs) little nuance, and the fact that they did it so well, that's what I liked, I mean, yes, there was the fake fur coat, There was the Chesterfield. There was the Dijon Kessler. All the little things were there. The only thing was missing, as Andrew pointed out perfectly, was just, where are the guys? This feels... The very first word, and I feel like such a troll for saying this, the very first word that rattled to the front of my head was sellout. And I hate that because that's that's not what... I don't think that's what this is. (laughs) But I can't help but... Feel that way because of what it is, right? But
3: you know, there, there's a layer of it. You're right, and and there's a layer of it where it's not just like, oh, where's the guys? It's also like Steve has go. tried really hard right. to have a post Bare Naked Ladies career. He's got his own songs. Yeah. He's made all kinds of albums that are going in very different directions from Bare Naked Ladies, and then yeah. he's just getting sucked right back in with the craft dinner yeah. thing, which is his thing to claim. Mm. But you know, but it's a,
1: bittersweet. But again. Of all the things to do that with and something that I believe if I'm not mistaken and don't quote me on this either but if I recall this wasn't exactly one of his favorite songs <laughs> because
0: they played it too often or something
2: Yeah I think I think hmm. I remember hearing yeah. yeah
0: Well yeah they had to play it every single concert.
2: I'm gonna need my Canadian friends to give me a bottle of that Dijon ketchup Yeah good friggin' <laughs> luck
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's only 15. Are you, if I get my hands on that, I'm going to drink it. They only have 15 <laughs> bottles, Aaron. I don't think anyone's going oh, okay. to be well, eating it if they get it.
2: So you're saying they all belong to Justin Bieber?
0: Probably, yeah.
5: <laughs>
1: what a sad thought. <laughs> now, just to clarify, I, that is not our prime minister. I just want to make sure. That's <laughs> <laughs> the difference, Justin. No, the, <laughs> yeah, please.
3: Stop making that mistake.
1: Justin Bieber. And I'm not the prime minister either. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) If it makes people feel a little bit better, this song, uh, this commercial came about because the people at Kraft actually heard the shout out that happened at the Junos in 2018. Oh. So when when Stephen at the Junos during the award ceremony said, come on, 30 years now, Kraft. Isn't it time for a sponsorship? The head of Canada's brand building said, yeah, actually you got a really good point, And like went through it to try to make it happen. Why it didn't happen with Ed and Steve, who knows? Based on some other situations that have kind of come up in the, the recent, uh, there was a recently on Reply All podcast, they had a interaction about uh bare naked ladies and they reached out i think probably to both sides and steven was like i love this podcast i'll be on it in a minute and i'll talk with you guys about this situation about this song that sounds very BNL-esque." the other guys never probably responded because they didn't they talked to just steven i want to say that i'm guessing Kraft probably reached out to both sides steven's probably the one that said yes
3: i mean you know they wrote a whole song about how bitter they were about this so maybe there's still some bad blood there but it's not to be too bad. And, I, and but, yeah. the reason I say that is,
0: it's a sixteen. Like they have Steven's sixteen seconds. It's hard for yeah. me to think that they did that. They left that opening for the other fourteen seconds. Like my guess is that there was a different commercial that had been written that they had to rewrite those other fourteen seconds for something. But
1: if that's the, for lack of a better, the origin, the origin story of this, then. I'm delighted <laughs> if that's the case. Yeah.
0: And, and I will be putting the full spot as well as the mini spot on. And in, in the article that they talked about how this came to be on the. Uh, on our website in the liner notes for this week. So.
1: And I, I will give props to the commercial as well for being like. Almost a. A cribs MTV cribs kind of a thing going on. Like we're just all of the ridiculousness about being a superstar is happening. And that's like, even when he opens the jacket, the, the fake fur coat to have the Dijon kind of like, and looking around, <laughs> it's a big deal. I was just kind of like, yeah, this is, this is pretty funny. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but. But I,
0: I hear what you're saying, Andrew too, that like seeing this, it it makes you feel the missing spot. It, it, it's almost like you're saying that it makes you want it again. It's like you, it makes you want him again.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know, this is, this is kind of a two of them thing. So it's weird. And
0: speaking of which next week, that's the song we'll be talking about is he makes me want her again. Nice. Nice segue.
1: Smooth like butter (laughs) there. Well, thank
0: you guys very much. It's actually been great to have you guys on again. It's always a pleasure. Um, You guys are hilarious. Thanks. It's always great to be here. (laughs) Just don't be here. Like right now, you don't want to be here.
1: (laughs) Happy to be here.
2: (laughs) On my couch. (laughs) Good talking to you guys. All (laughs) right. Have
0: a good week. Thanks. That was fun. Don't forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. Bye. Oh, before we do that, I'm going to cut real quick. I'm going to cut back in. Hey, guys, is there anything that you would like to plug? Any places that you would like people to go and hear more about you? No Oh. <laughs> Go away you hosers
2: Statler and
1: Waldorf we,
3: we have nothing new going on You, you can find me, I'm, I'm a reporter for CBC You yeah. can find me at our national broadcaster
1: And I Am hiding yes. under a bridge
3: <laughs> I'll, I'll be back under the bridge a little later Justin Can you start the microwave for me yeah. before I get home
2: The troll toll
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: we're hoping you guys oh, yeah. will start up something again new like soon because you guys are great i love listening to all the stuff you do so thank you very much Ma- stay tuned maybe reviewing some more movies <laughs> are there more movies <laughs> they exist they keep releasing them for some
3: reason
2: well, I've, I've heard a few movies
3: i just know about monster squad i don't know
2: <laughs> oh, i love that movie so much
1: if there's anything we've learned tonight is that we could, uh, since I own them, we could easily do that Arnold uh, oh, no. triple DVD I have oh home. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs>
0: Ooh.
2: Interesting idea. Interesting.
0: Junior <laughs> <No>. Minute. <laughs> Movies by Minute Junior. <laughs> the Junior Mint it. <laughs>
4: oh. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.